We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. News, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, everyone, welcome into another Buzz Beat. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Now, if you guys did not get a chance to listen to our episode from earlier this week, we had a prospect episode profiling Isaac Okoro from Auburn, Desmond Bain out of TCU, as well as Josh Green from Arizona. On today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Dutch Gately, an assistant coach for the Charlotte Hornets, and our conversation went from everywhere, from TV shows that we're watching during quarantine, to a video coordinator's duties to James Borrego and Greg Popovich. I think you guys will really enjoy it, and so let's go ahead and just bring them on. All right, guys, as promised, we have Dutch Gately on with us today, the Hornets assistant coach. Dutch, how's everything going with you? And and, and also, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. Uh, really excited for this. Uh, I appreciate you having me on and really excited to sit down and talk. Well, very good. I, I do have to ask you this before we get into your background as a coach. Uh, how have you been occupying yourself now that your routine has changed a little bit and you know the stay-at-home order has happened? I know that I've been going on a lot of walks, watching as much TV as possible, but also keeping up with an 18-month-old. But how have you been occupying your time and not going stir-crazy? Uh, it's a great question. Um, you know, The first couple of days, I joked about with one of our guys, like we're such uh, creatures of habit. You know, you have we always joke in the NBA, every day is the same, but every day is different. You have a game day, you have a shoot around, you have a practice day, a travel day, you're on the road and you have your routines. So once that shut down in the first couple of days, it was like, oh man, what am I going to do? So then I got, you know, I, you know, obviously live with my fiance and we have a dog. So we go on a ton of walks. Uh, he, our dog is very, uh, very against us right now by like the fourth or fifth walk of the day. He's, he's done. We do a lot of, uh, Peloton workouts together, um, going some runs, but other than that, it's, you know, watching some film, uh, we're supposed, we're planned right now to get married, uh, at the end of August. So we got some wedding planning, uh, but it's watching film, you know, just like that we talked about with, uh, coach, coach obviously sent out a bunch of former, uh, playoff games that we watch those, talk to the guys about those, but it's been, um, a lot of trying to find stuff to occupy, like the shows you talk about and you talk with friends, what to, 
you know, what to watch and what, what everybody's talking about, but just trying to find some sort of routine, like you said, and, and yeah. trying to stick with it. Yeah, I got a show for you to watch. Uh, it's called Outer Banks on Netflix. Maybe you and your fiance would like it. Uh, it. It's based in North Carolina, and it's basically like a Goonies meets One Tree Hill. Like they're on a, a hunt to find this gold. But it, it's an interesting, uh, very high-tense show. You're you're speaking my language because we've actually already finished it. Oh, um, yeah, we were we're 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 both the huge uh, One Tree Hill fans. So we you know once we heard that connection from somebody else, we we finished it the first. The first two episodes, I was all for it, and the fiance was like, uh, "I'm not feeling it." But then once you get to five and six, when it really happens, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was it was entertaining. And uh, the new show, I'm not sure if you have uh, Apple Plus, but uh, mm -hmm. Defending Jacob is uh, it's got Chris Evans. Um, yeah, I've seen promos. Yeah, yeah, it's it. We're, it's the first three episodes are out, and then the the then after that, the it comes out every Friday. So it sort of whets your appetite a little bit with the first three and gets you hooked. And then it's like, all right, see you next week. So it's definitely entertaining for sure. Good, good, good. Well, let, let's talk about you as, as a player, as a coach. You did play for three seasons at Monmouth. And then for your senior year, uh, you graduated in three and, and you went to Temple and played there for a season. And, you know, right after your playing career at in college, you transitioned to a coach at Temple. You went to a video coordinator at Lehigh, and then you made your kind of way up the ranks in San Antonio. And then obviously uh, the reason I have, I'm having you on this podcast is because you were hired in 2018 uh, as part as Borrego staff. But at what point in your life did you think that you would want to be a coach? Like, did you get that itch early on or that idea early on, or did it come much later? No, it, you know, we'll definitely my uh, my playing career is going to be a short conversation so that we, we can knock that one out quickly. But it, it definitely is something that was both my parents being coaches. It was it was instilled in me from day one. You know, my it's a, it was an interesting dynamic with my mom being the head coach and my dad being her assistant at, a, you know, St. Joe's women's basketball. They were top 25 for a number of years. So being around that, I always thought that I always knew I was going to go into coaching and always thought that it would be college. Um and never even considered the NBA and then did college for a little bit as a GA and, you know, at Temple and then as the video guy at Lehigh. And I liked it, enjoyed it, but I got a little taste of what the NBA would be with an interview. And once I saw that the limits were different, you know, in terms of college, it's you get three coaches, the head coach allowed on court, and then you go to the NBA and you can have as many people on court as you want. And knowing that and seeing that, I was like, that's where I want to go. I, I don't want to deal with any of the, you know, the recruiting and putting my, and you know, how recruiting is nowadays, obviously, you know, there's, there's, it seems like there's a different scandal or something every single week and didn't want to go down that route of putting myself maybe in, uh, compromising situations with trying to get mm -hmm. players as some people are. And I was like, I can just go to the NBA and we just work about basketball and be on the court as much as we want and talk about pick and roll and, you know, if we if we like a guy, we just pay him more than anybody else. So <laughs> once once I and then once I saw how he get my foot in the door as a video intern, it was just that's where I wanted to go. And, you know, I didn't not cutting myself off from college in the future. But, you know, MBA is, is my goal. And, and it, you know, I'm happy to be here right now. Well, very good. You, you mentioned about working for Lehigh as a video coordinator, and you also did that with the San Antonio Spurs. And. I think a lot of people hear that term as a video coordinator and they don't really know exactly what that job entails. And, and maybe can you explain to us what that person does and maybe why it's so important for teams to have video coordinators? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Uh, I remember when uh, my 
girlfriend at the time, now fiance, introduced me to a friend of theirs. And they said, oh, he's video coordinator for the Spurs. She said, oh, so you hold the camera during the games and you pan back and forth. I'm like, <laughs> uh, no, it's a little bit different than that. It really is. You know, it's it, it's like the lifeblood of your organization. You know, that's Pop always talked about that in San Antonio is you're, you're really the guys that you're in you're in basketball masters like you're learning and it's something where you want young guys at least the way we at least the way i jumped in in san antonio we've carried that tradition now to charlotte is you want young guys who want to get into coaching who are former ideally former players that can get on the court because now you can you can our day pretty much in san antonio was you got there obviously you're the first guy in the building and you're there for the first couple hours helping out any coaches that need help with their scouts whatever it may be then practice starts and we had our vitamin workouts and you would jump on the court and some days you would just be the rebounder. Some days you would be like a live body defender, whether it be against a guy that wasn't playing that much. And then, you know, the guys that were playing major minutes, you're just being a shadow defender practice, you know, starts and you're really helping run the practices. You're just there, you know, outletter. You're, we always had a talent in our shorts to run down if anybody, you know, fell and to, and to wipe that stuff up. And then, uh, then the players leave and then you jump in and you're like, all right, now I got to help the coaches. What does pop need? What do the assistants need? And, you know, it really is you're a jack of all trades of anything the guys need. If they Do they need an errand run? Is there something going on with their kids that you need to go help them out? And, you know, you're really you're helping the team out in any facet that they may need. But you're also on the other end is you're learning from all the coaches. And that was like that was the main thing is. It's basically, like, I'll do anything you guys need. I just want to learn and I want to mm-hmm. see where I can help out. I want to bring great energy and um, just try to expand my knowledge of the game. I, mean, I always joked my first got to San Antonio it was like I was in a library and I was pulling all the books and I, you know, never had any time to read them. I was just, I had them there and I was like, I hope I get 10 minutes tonight to, you know, to watch some film on pick and roll defense and sort of understand what we're trying to teach. Then over the years, I was able to pick up and learn terminology and everything. But when I first got there, it was like some of the terms being thrown out there where it was, it was crazy to me at the time. Yeah. And it seems like people use different terms depending on what organization you go with. And it also seems like there's been a handful of coaches that have started out as video coordinators that ended up, you know, being head coach as James Borrego did that. I know that Eric Spolster did that as well. So let's take a break real quick and we'll get back to the interview with Dutch Gately. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think that there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, You don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. 
Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. So you worked your way up from a, a video coordinator and then you got promoted to an assistant coach and actually coached with Borrego for several years in San Antonio. Has his demeanor or mindset changed from when he was an assistant coach to maybe now that he's a head coach? Oh, definitely. I mean, as the, as an assistant coach, I'm learning it now is as the assistant coach, you're the guy with all the ideas and the suggestions. We should do this. We should do that. You know, but at the end of the day, you're not the guy making the decision. At the end of the day, the the decision that's being made, you you we have a big staff and a great staff, but it's all suggestions from them that are being brought to, to JB. And then he's now the guy that has to make the decision. Um, and I think he's done a great job of transitioning. You know, we always talk about you work your way up this whole entire your whole entire career to become and you know, you start off as a video guy and then you get assistant coach and you're doing scouts and you're doing all this stuff. But then once you become the head coach, it sort of changes and it goes from you're not really doing the day to day scouting. That's more of your assistance. Now you're doing the more day to day of, you know, dealing with the players. All right. How I want to make sure this guy's in the right headspace. I want to make sure I'm calling the right place for this guy for a B. So really you, you work your whole entire way up in, in terms of the scouting. And then once you get the head coaching, it sort of shifts a little bit. Now you're the guy, you know, I'm not making the suggestions. I'm making the decisions. And that, I think he's done a great job of transitioning from that. And, you know, he talks about all the time is I think last year was a learning year for all of us being a staff together, but especially JB he talks about how, you know, I was trying to appease, you know, trying to do so many different things, different lineups, different rotations, different defense. And then once the year, once I was able to, he says, once he was able to look back and say, okay, now what, what am I going to be about? This is the defense that I want to run. I'm going to run it and we're going to be perfect at it. And that's been one of our main philosophies. And you can obviously see it as the year went on, you know, we got into that, that last 10 game stretch. We really, I think we were coming together as a team, but especially defensively, like we, we were one of the top, top 10 defenses in that last stretch of games. Um, but I think that's all because of coach really, coach really honed in on, all right, this is who I'm going to be. This is going to be my identity. And I think making those decisions and having that demeanor that you talked about, it, he really figured that out through those through these last two years. Now, we can't mention the Spurs, and you've already mentioned him. We can't mention the Spurs without actually discussing Greg Popovich as a coach, probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. I got, I got a two-part question for you. One, what was it like coaching with him? And two, are there any kind of habits or like any of his coaching style that has rubbed off on you as a coach? I mean, the main, the main thing that... Um, you know, working for him was, it was amazing. Like learning from him and being, just being in the room and seeing how he dealt with guys. I think the two main things that, that I picked up from my time in San Antonio, not just from, not just from coach Popovich, but from all the coaches, but was, you know, the attention to detail. I remember I typed up my first scouting report because the coaches would type it up and then you'd finalize everything. And I handed it into the assistant coach and he said, all right, it looks great. And then he brought it to pop and pop was like, well, these percentages are off on the three-point shooting. I was, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I say, I'm not going to say anything. I'm, and and the coach is like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it says thirty, it says thirty-four percent. And like, yeah, the, yes, that's right. And he said, well, where's the decimal point? And I, I was like, what? Do you, what? And he's like, what's the decimal point? And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a point six. He's like, okay, so in actuality, he's a thirty-five percent three-point shooter. So like at the time, I'm like, what does that one decimal point mean? And then, but then I realized like his thought process was 
in the guy's mind, when he goes to a guy and goes in a scouting report and says, all right, this guy's a 35% versus 34, that one number changes so much in terms of a player's perception of, if we come in and say this guy's 35 plus, oh, he's a pretty above average shooter. If you say he's below 35, okay, he's pretty, you know, he's not that average. So like that attention to detail, you know, definitely rubbed off on me. And then the other part that I learned from, you know, Coach Pop and the other assistants was, is the, everybody talks about, not having the yes men mentality. I mean, I when I first got there, I, I was just okay. Whatever you guys need to be to, for me for me to help out, I'll do anything. But then through the years, going from the the video interns, the assistant video, the head video, I developed enough confidence in myself to be to be able to tell coach, you know, coach Pop, hey, coach, you know, I know you saw it this way, but we, you know, there's there's not as many clips in the facet that you're looking for. You know, for example, after games, you say, you know, I want to see I want to see all of our bad pick and roll coverage in the clips tomorrow morning. So I pull them and you know, I'd be like, Hey coach, like, I know you thought that we were bad in pick and roll coverage, but we actually were pretty good. And here's, here's the four clips we struggled on, but here's six where we did right. And if you look at our numbers and you know, if I did my first year, there's no way I had the confidence to do that. But right. by learning from the other assistants and being comfortable with pop and building his trust, like I was able to develop that. And that's obviously something that's helped me, you know, in our meetings now with, with coach Borrego and all of our rest of the coaches. I mean, that's basically the stuff that's rubbed off on me. And the main thing that people talk about for that I've learned from Pop is he, he obviously I learned a ton of X's and O's and, you know, ATOs and philosophies defensively, offensively. But the way he dealt with players was amazing. I think that was his strongest suit is he could be in a room and in a film room and, and rip apart somebody for their pick and roll coverage and not sprinting back on defense or taking a bad shot. And then the second that film was done, we'd walk on the court he'd be laying down with the guys, you know, stretching, giving them hugs, asking how their kids were, how their dog was, you know, if they saw this movie, what they're going to do for dinner the next night on the road. And just being able to separate the two of, of basketball player and person and not having the two over, you know, overlap positively or negatively was probably the most impressive thing that I learned from him that I've tried to carry, you know, through my, you know, years, obviously, you know, in San Antonio, but now starting in Charlotte and, and developing my relationships with the players he, we, we have here. Yeah. And so you mentioned Charlotte, let's go ahead and shift to the, the Hornets here as many of our listeners are tuned in to kind of give your take on the Hornets. And, you know, JB hired you uh, in 2018. I do have a question, you know, obviously you've coached here for two years. What, what has been the biggest difference for you in year one to year two, considering in year one, you guys had Kimball Walker and you guys had hopes of, of making a playoff run to this season when you have the likes of Devonte and Miles and, and PJ Washington, all these young players that are, you know, still trying to find their footing within the NBA. Like, has that been a big switch for you from year one to year two? Uh, I think I think it has because in year one, um, you know, one thing that we did was we went back and watched a lot of a lot of the stuff they did the year before. Watched a lot of their old film. Okay, what what plays did you know did did Cliff run for these guys that put them in their best? And then we you know we obviously figure out Kem, you know Kemba off the bounce threes, Jay Lamb going to his left, you know Frank in DHO situations, Marvin pick and pop coming this way. And you try to see that okay, what how can we change that and put that more in our offensive philosophy? And I think. You know, last year, if you watch our games, you know, as you guys obviously do, a lot of times end of game, it'd be like, all right, we're just going to run a high pick and roll for Kemba, get this guy, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get off, get a three off or he can get downhill. And, you know, that would that at the end of the day, when you call a play for, for Kemba Walker, like he's so good, he's going to make something good happen, whether for himself or for somebody else mm -hmm. gets the free throw line. And then now this year, it's sort of 
trying to figure out, okay, how do we put these guys in their best, you know, best footing and make them play at their highest level? Um, that's been that's been the most fun and also the most challenging is we're trying to obviously Devonte had this amazing start of the year and, and really thrust onto the scene and now you go from maybe fourth or fifth on the scouting report to now you're number one. It's all right, how do we? Teams are going to do you know they put size on Devonte, they trapped him, try to get the ball out of his hands. Okay, how what what are we going to run to make it so that even if teams do this defensively, we're still going to be able to counteract and be able to get them so they can and that, that was definitely one of our biggest our you know biggest struggles and i think one of our successes now as a team as a coaching staff is helping these guys be in the best the best situation and finding them where the where they're going to succeed at obviously terry rozier you know we sort of shifted him off the ball a little bit mm -hmm. but we found but we figured out that he is you know this amazing catch and shoot player and we started running all these atos you know and end of game plays to put him in situations where he's, you know, getting catch and shoots and maybe some, you know, disguising it. And now we're running a, you know, a pin down action. And we're getting PJ to the block so we can get to his right hand. So I think that's been that's been our biggest change from year one to year two. Is you know you you could just really run anything in Kemba and Jay Lamb. They're just NBA players that have done it for a number number of years, and they're going to be able to get to their spots. And now we're we're figuring out ways the second year of how can we help these young guys figure out their best way to get to their best spots yeah and you you mentioned rosier we talk about him all the time on the podcast when he made that shift in that 11th game of the season to the off-ball position and you know just the catch and shoot numbers that he has this year it's definitely like in the upper echelon of players when it comes to catch and shoot threes i do have a quick question are you assigned specifically to players like do you have a specific set of players that you work closely with yeah so we um so each so the way coach uh, breaks it down is each guy gets each Coach, you know, behind the bench, we each get three guys, and then front of the bench, coaches each get one or two because they have the majority of the scouts. Whereas we, behind the bench, do the majority of the player development. Yeah. Um, so I was paired this year with uh, with Billy, Marvin, and Caleb. So you know, I obviously Marvin was more of a of a maintaining and helping him helping him out and just sort of all right, wherever you need me. Whereas Billy was more like, all right, this is every single day. You know, we don't know, are you in the rotation? Are you not? And then Caleb will obviously spend the majority of its time in, uh, in Greensboro, but you know, he obviously his, his development has shown throughout in the, in the games he has played with us. Yeah. I mean, he had a strong uh, finish to the season before it obviously went, uh, into lockdown mode. I do, I do have one last question yeah. before you, uh, before we get out of here, do you have any aspirations in one day becoming a head coach or are you just enjoying your time as an assistant coach right now that you can't even think about that? No, I'm definitely enjoying my time and, and learning as much as possible. I mean, I learned so much from my five years in San, obviously before that, but my five years in San Antonio and then my two years here, but the goal is obviously to be a head coach. That's always been my goal. It, when I was younger, I thought it was going to be at the college level, but you know, now it's to be at the NBA level. And I'll, I've just been lucky enough to, you know, the, the staffs I've worked for in San Antonio. I mean, we had obviously Greg Popovich, but we, you know, then Jim Boylan was on staff there. We obviously had, you know, coach Borrego, um, then Sean Marks was on staff. Now he's a GM and, you know, you have, you know, young up and coming guys that were on that, like Ime, and then obviously Becky Hammond was on that staff, Will Hardy. And, you know, then that doesn't even, I, that's not even touching on the people that were in the video room that are now behind the bench or front of the bench. So I've gotten to learn from so many different people. And, you know, Chip England is a, an amazing mentor that, you know, he, I know he played at, at the, uh, at 
Duke, and I know that's the anti, uh, we're a big UNC, UNC organization. So I don't like to talk about my Duke affiliation with Chip and some of those guys, guys I worked with like Dave McClure, but uh, you know, I learned a lot from those guys. But the goal was obviously to, to be, a, to be a, a head coach someday. And right now I'm enjoying the assistant coach, but I'm learning as much as possible, taking as many notes and trying to, you know, expand my game as much as possible so that if I, if and when I do get that opportunity to interview and hopefully take that next step, that I'll be ready. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, and I do appreciate your time again, uh, Dutch. And I know the listeners are going to really enjoy this segment on our podcast. So thanks again for taking out your uh, time out of your day to join us. No, no problem. Thanks again. I had a lot of fun. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.